0: be ready for what is at hand, because we are expected to endure to the end of our appointed time, then God will intervene and take us home. Where do we go from here? I have admired and listened to Dr. David Jeremiah for 35 years. Over the last 14 years, however, I have not agreed with his view of Bible eschatology. I listened to a recent message by Dr. Jeremiah, on his website, title, Where do we go from here? In that message he gave three points on how we are to respond to the troubles in these last days. Number 1. Worship the glorified Christ, the more you worship, the less you worry. Number two. Embrace your global mission, we have a mission that is global. Take the gospel to the entire globe. Number three. Anticipate your glorious hope, never fear. He is coming back to establish his eternal kingdom. Oh. And, yes. Number four. Buy his books. So, this is the answer of where we go from here. One, we stare skyward, worship, Embrace evangelism and anticipate Jesus' return. Let's get honest here. 2. We sit in church. We do that pretty well. 3. We worship. We do that okay, probably once or twice a week for about 15 minutes each time. 4. We evangelize the world. We are not doing too good at that one. We actually give, because we can't or won't go. We tend to stay separate from the world and leave this one up to the professionals. 5 we are really good at anticipating Jesus' return, because most Christians just stare skyward, but, honestly, we do very little more than that. So, I guess what Dr. Jeremiah is saying is nothing new for the 20th and 21st centuries. But, he is not alone in this type of teaching and assessment. Could this maybe reason the church and church attendance is in decline? I get the feeling that most religious leaders are concerned, but, really don't know what to do beyond what they have listed, and, for certain, those are good things. Let's be clear, Jesus has sent us His mission. And, God has never, ever, been gentle to those who shirk or draw back from the mission. Even Jesus says, Why do you call me Lord, when you do not do the things I have told you? I never knew you. Depart from me, you who work lawlessness. Somehow, most preachers think the end times, more correctly, last days, will not intensify until the church is raptured off the earth. But let me be clear, because the Bible is abundantly clear, there will be an intensifying before the rapture. And, you must be ready or you will pay a high price. Play note, the following Bible verses on this matter are in red text, and my commentaries are in parentheses and are color-coded blue. Matthew 24-4 says, And Jesus answered them, See that no one leads you astray. This includes misinformed pastors, preachers, Bible teachers. Verse 5. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. 1, this can be someone literally saying I am the Christ, 2, but, it is more likely it will be someone who considers themselves as an emissary of Christ, such as ordained pastors-who speak for Christ, but are blindly following denominational doctrine which are incorrect, or, 3, as we are clearly seeing, now, in our day, it is institutional deception, where entire denominations fall away from the clear teachings of Jesus and lead millions astray. Verse 6. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars see that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. Seven for nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. There have been wars and rumors of wars, famines and earthquakes since recorded history. So, concerning the end times, which wars and rumors of wars, famines and earthquakes should we refer to? These things must occur in conjunction with all the signs and warning from Jesus and the Bible. And, don't miss the little phrase, but the end is not yet, as verse 8 will elaborate. Verse 8. All these are but the beginning of the birth pains. The phrase the beginning of birth pangs is a statement made by Jesus in or around the year AD 30 and is a translation of the Greek Arch-Odin, Rokai Delta Nu. The meaning of the phrase, translated in the KJV as the beginning of sorrows is a direct reference to preliminary birth pangs that ultimately lead to the full-scale contractions and travail, which leads to the actual birth recognizing the Old Testament reference that Jesus was hearkening to is an essential, but often overlooked key to determining the timing of the prophecy. Jesus was pointing His disciples to two key passages from the prophet Isaiah. The first passage is Isaiah 26, a portion of Scripture found in the middle of what is sometimes referred to as Isaiah's little apocalypse. There, the Lord speaks through Isaiah, specifically contrasting the expectations of the Jewish people regarding deliverance, redemption and physical resurrection with the reality of the pain. Suffering and travail that they had corporately experienced in verses sixteen to eighteen, the complaint of Israel is raised that despite having endured the great suffering of labor, the expected birth of deliverance, redemption and resurrection had not arrived. The preceding three paragraphs were taken from the Daniel training network. This makes clear that the last days and the opening of the tribulation seals began and are around a d thirty Other references which confirm this date are Hebrews one hebrews nine twenty six acts two fourteen to seventeen 2nd Timothy 3 1, 1 Peter Peter 1, 1 Peter 4 7, 2 Peter 3 3. As spoken by Jesus and the Apostles Paul, Peter, and Timothy. Verse 9. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. This is so clear in such plain language, I regret having to point it out, then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death. So, you will be delivered up to tribulation. How much more intense can this be, than being put to death for Jesus' name's sake. The tribulation, seals 1-4 through 4 have been described as having started, by Jesus, himself, in the year AD 30. Verse 10. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. First, this is the hallmark of the great apostasy, found in these verses in 2 Thessalonians 2 1-4. Furthermore, and then translates from the Greek word, tot, in this case means of the future, also in consecution, i.e., the act of following, or the condition of being in a series, that which is consecutive, succession, sequence. Secondly, fall away is the Greek word scandalizo and means to entrap, i.e., trip up, figuratively, stumble, or entice to sin, apostasy or displeasure. This is further explained in the following verses and can also be found in 2 Thessalonians 2 1-4. For more detail see Has the Great Apostasy Begun? Verses 11-14 and many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Verses 11-14 through 14 give us a major timeline identifier through a concurrence of events. 1. Many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. 2. Lawlessness will be increased. 3. The love of many will grow cold the one who endures to the end, must be kept in context of the surrounding verses. So, the one who endures to the end of these events, which events? Dash the tribulation seals 1 through 5. And then the end will come. Once again, this is clear, plain, face-value language. After these first five tribulation seals, which began in or around AD 30, and have continued progressively to overlap and gain in intensity, the end will come. Matthew 24:29 says, immediately after the tribulation of those days the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light. Perhaps it would be a good idea to read this verse again. It begins with immediately after the tribulation of those days. This is rich with information. The tribulation of those days are the days from AD 30 through the current date, tribulation seals 1 through 5. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, should explain itself. But, just in case, let me say, those days refers to the days already discussed, tribulation seals 1-5. through 5. Now, Jesus is moving our attention to what follows the first five seals of the tribulation, the sixth seal. The sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light is also found in Revelation 6:12 to 16 and uses the exact language. It is the sixth seal of the tribulation, which is yet a future event. Note, Anyone WHO suggests or says these verses are simply metaphorical will not play out as described, are false prophets, false teachers and are aiding the spirit of the Antichrist. Other places in Revelation, you will find metaphors, allegories, imagery and similes to describe what was indescribable, such as, the Lamb of God to describe Jesus, the Dragon to describe Satan, or the Four Beasts to describe Satan, Babylon, and Lucifer. The reader must learn to distinguish the difference. Many Protestant pastors, Preachers and Bible teachers adhere firmly to the John Nelson Darby version of the pre-tribulation rapture. These people with good intentions and most are good men and women, yet, they are sorely misinformed, or, perhaps, some are lazy in their study of scriptures or they could be ignorant about what scriptures say and mean. Nonetheless, they are guilty of false teaching and of teaching a false prophecy. What I have described known as the pre-tribulation, pre-wrath rapture of the Church. Here is a link in several videos and teachings explaining the pre-tribulation pre-wrath rapture of the church. Listen, friends. Things are getting worse, even as I write this, and things are going to get a lot worse as the time of the rapture, the sixth tribulation seal, draws near. You and I need to prepare, both spiritually and physically, for these difficult times. I have presented the spiritual side of the coming day of the Great Tribulation and of the coming day of God's wrath in this article. Please go to these links, New World Order also, Agenda 21, cover of the UN, One World Government, and find the physical and earthly manifestation of this cosmic battle and of the spirit of Antichrist, which is already at work. The Bible tells us to be ready, for we do not know the day nor the hour when the Lord will return, and if you did know, you would be on the alert, and would not have allowed your house to be broken into. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not think He will. In conclusion, let me ask you, if you knew a hurricane or a major destructive storm was coming, what would you do to get ready? Please answer this. Make a short list using these lines. I would. 1. 2. 3. 4. Well, a major storm is arriving as I write these words. We must be ready. Your brother and friend. Mike Young. What we should be doing while we expectantly await his return to take us to our eternal home. Prepare the storehouse for the saints, Bible Reference Matthew 24 42-46 Come Together in Community, Bible Reference Hebrews 10 25 Make Disciples, Bible Reference Matthew 28 16-20 Find and Connect with Christians, Bible Reference Hebrews 10 25 Plan and Coordinate with Families, Bible Reference Matthew 24 42-46 Organize Readiness Training Classes, and more, until He returns to take us to our eternal home. Bible Reference Acts 2 42-47 Important Footnote, Don't Be Deceived there is only one second coming of Christ. There will be only one rapture. There will be only one Armageddon. Know your Bible. Know the sequence. Be ready, found doing as He has said. Endure to the end and be saved. The second advent of Christ, the second coming of Jesus, is one event which can be seen from two perspectives, one perspective is seen from the earth, the other perspective from John's prophetic vision, is seen as it unfolds, a spiritual and heavenly perspective. Look at it this way. When Hurricane Irma hit the U.S. it was a Category 5 storm, as Irma progressed up the peninsula of Florida, it became a Category 4 storm, then as it entered Alabama it became a Category 3 storm, and finally as it entered Georgia, Irma became a tropical storm, and later as it entered Tennessee, it became a rain event. To those in the various states which Hurricane Irma entered, it would have appeared to them that Irma might have been five different storms, occurring consecutively, first a Category 5 storm, then, a Category 4 storm, then, a Category 3 hurricane, then, a tropical storm, and, finally, a rain event. But if viewed from above it was one continuous storm, progressively unfolding to its conclusion. So it is with the last days and the second coming of Jesus is seen in the breaking of the seven seals of the book as recorded in Revelation chapters 5, 6, 7 and 8, although, the breaking of each seal may seem like seven different events, if viewed from above it is one continuous event, eschatological storm, progressively unfolding to its conclusion. Breaking of the Sixth Seal of the Tribulation. The Beginning of the Great and Terrible Day of the Lord. The Beginning of Daniel's 70th Week also known as the Final Seven Years of the Great Tribulation. Jesus' Second Advent. The Rapture of the Church. The Heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on it is called Faithful and True. From his mouth comes a sharp sword, so that with it he may strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron, and He treads the winepress of the fierce wrath of God, the Almighty. Why does it matter? Jesus tells us that it matters because we must endure to the end and know the sequence of events will help us to not lose heart and faint. The Apostle Paul tells us that it matters, because God takes no pleasure in the one who shrinks back, and knowing that our salvation draw near will help us endure to the end. Jesus tells us it matters and that we must stay alert be found doing what He has commanded when He returns, or we may be assigned a place with the hypocrites. Knowing the day is near will help us stay focused and ready for his return.